Welcome to this episode of the Texas Tech edition of the Heartland College Sports Podcast Network. I'm your host, Jackson Moody, and it is finally a game week. The long wait is over. Texas Tech is back in action on Saturday in Laramie, Wyoming, to take on uh, not a great Wyoming team, but not a bad one. We're going to talk about uh, some of the Wyoming strong suits, what to expect of them, their quarterback, Andrew Peasley, and we have a depth chart for Texas Tech. We're going to break that one down, talk about what to expect from the game this week, and give you my picks for around the Big 12. Before we get started, if you could, it really helps us grow this show. Um, if you could give this a five-star rating and review, send that uh, screenshot of that to jacksonmoody37 at gmail.com, and we'll go ahead and get you a Heartland College Sports koozie in the mail. But we're going to start off with the death chart this weekend that recently came out. So just to go through the names, your starting left tackle, Monroe Mills, from left to right on the O-line, Monroe Mills, Cole Spencer, Rusty Stats, Dennis Wilburn, and Caleb Rogers in at right tackle. So Caleb Rogers moving from left to right tackle this season. Uh, the backups are going to be from left to right again. Matt Keeler, Jacoby Jackson, who saw some good times. Sheridan Wilson, who saw some time last year. Landon Peterson also did. And Ty Buchanan. So you got plenty of experience in that category. At tight end, you have Mason Tharp, who is now 6'9" or Baylor Cup, and then Henry Teeter or Jaden York. Jaden York is the uh, younger one. He's a newcomer, the fourth one into that room. And then really no surprise at quarterback. It's Tyler Shuck, then Bear Morton, Taj Brooks, then Cameron Valdez at running back. It's going to be interesting to see if Bryson Donnell sees much time if he's in that third or fourth spot because you do have a good freshman coming in. Outside receivers. In the X, you have Loic Fungi, followed by Jordan Brown, and then your starting Z, no surprise with Jerram Bradley, and then JJ Sparkman listed behind him. So you have Jerram Bradley and Loic Fungi wins the battle for that second outside receiver slot with Jordan Brown and JJ Sparkman also in the mix there. Now, this is one that I think should get people excited because I... We were all excited for Dre McCray. He didn't have a great spring game. It looked like there could be some trouble switching to the P5 level there. Apparently, he has done enough in fall camp to win that H slot in the slot. Uh, Brady Boyd's listed behind him, which makes a lot of sense. Not the biggest guy in Brady Boyd, but he is fast. And then the Y starter will be Miles Price with Xavier White listed behind him. So you got a lot of depth. When you look at your outside receivers, obviously you have your star with Jerram Bradley, but then you have Loic Fungi, who's experienced, Jordan Brown, the transfer from UT, and then JJ Sparkman, who also has a ton of experience. And then just inside to think about Dre McRae and Miles Price starting on the inside, both have been pretty productive. Going into last season, I thought Miles Price was going to be your best receiver. And then you have Xavier White, who when he was on the field was also productive. You have Brady Boyd, who when he was on the field was good too, dealt with some stuff last year. But Nehemiah Martinez, who also got a couple touchdowns, including a huge one against Houston last year, is your third string in the Y position. I mean, you count it up. You have nine receivers you're really confident in. And that's that's without Koi Eakin, who's out for the first few weeks. 
you really could hit the middle of the season with 10 receivers that you really trust. And you add on to that, at tight end, you have Mason Tharp and Baylor Cup. It'll be interesting to see if the tight end production increases from last year. But, man, you, you could have 12 weapons just out of tight ends and receivers that you're really confident in if you're throwing to for Tyler Shuck. Then on the defensive side of the ball, uh, the inside tackles that are starting are Hutchings and Bradford. There's absolutely no shock there. Behind them, you have Quincy Ledette and Amarian Banks. The two edge spots, or the one listed as edge, is Miles Cole with Joseph Adederade. And Joseph Adederade is a guy I'd really love to see a good amount of this year. But your will position is Josiah Pierre with Ben Roberts behind him. Your mic is Jacob Rodriguez with Tyreek Matthews and Wesley Smith behind him. Outside linebacker who's really going to be more of an edge rusher, Steve Linton. I don't expect him to start in a three-point stance all the time, but he's really going to serve as more of an edge rusher. He's just listed as an outside linebacker here. And then you have Bryce Ramirez or Isaac Smith. And remember that gruesome injury that Bryce Ramirez suffered last year. We never, we didn't know if he was going to play football again. He's ahead of Isaac Smith on the depth chart. I know it says or, but he is listed first. He could see some real minutes early on in the season. And to think that he's coming back from that injury and could be playing in a game just 50 weeks after you could see his bone exposed on national TV is pretty remarkable by him. Very remarkable. Uh, moving back, the star is CJ Bakersfield with Brandon Jordan, Joseph Plunk behind him. No surprise there at all. Going to go to the safeties. Dejure and Taylor Demerson and Tyler Owens are the starters. That was to be expected. You have Chapman Lewis. Joseph Plunk and or Jordan Sanford. Jordan Sanford, a highly rated young player there. At cornerback is where it gets a bit dicey. So there is one that doesn't have an or behind the start, Rashad Williams. And then one that does between Braylon Lux or Malik Dunlap. Malik Dunlap, not one of the first two listed. Then you have Marion Horn behind them, Jalen Peters or Cameron Watts. But we really thought coming into camp that Malik Dunlap would have had one of the spots locked up. Probably Rayshad Williams gets a second. Maybe Braylon Lux works his way in there. But that one is, I think, the big surprise. That Braylon Lux has worked his way into a starting cornerback spot. And Joey McGuire also did say today, it really should read Braylon Lux, Malik Dunlap, and Rayshad Williams, all three of them there together. He said he expects their snap counts to be about the same come the end of the season. So nothing to worry about there. I will say, I would like to see Marion Horn get some time. He was the highest rated recruit in Matt Wells's last recruiting staff, technically Joey McGuire's first. Uh, he was a high four-star, stuck with him. But at punter, McNamara, Gino Garcia... Uh, really nothing to break down there. Just on the return team, it looks like Jordan Brown, Xavier White, Miles Price, Nehemiah Martinez in that order for kick returns. While punt returns will be Miles Price, then Xavier White. The only moderate surprise there is no Dre McRae because he has a ton of speed. But he 
returned nine kicks last year for, I believe, Arkansas Pine Bluff, and he averaged about 19 yards. So not a huge shock. You have some speed in that punt return with both Miles Price and Xavier White. The only thing that um, the kicker for place kicking will be Gino Garcia, then Reese Burkhart for kickoff specialist. Garcia listed as second for kickoff specialist. I was wondering if maybe there's a chance McNamara would be the backup to Burkhardt in that regard. He's not. Not a big deal. One other note on this regard. Um, A.J. McCarty. He's a transfer from Baylor. Defensive back. I'm recording this one Tuesday night. As of now, there has been nothing publicly posted today on whether A.J. McCarty will receive a waiver to play this season. If he does, he would be in the travel squad this week to go to Laramie. But there has been nothing posted, and man, I will say with the youth that we have at DB, I would love to see McCarty added to this. Even if he's not a starter, even if he's not really a second string right away, just to have that depth and some experience back there would be a big boost to Texas Tech. And again, nothing decided as of right now. And by the time you're listening to this, there's a good chance that changes. But just going through the position groups, the offensive line, you have to have a lot more confidence in them than you did last year. Having rusty stats as a starting center is a huge boost. Getting, again, uh, Cole Spencer back at left guard. You have Monroe Mills moving to left tackle. Caleb Rogers looked better towards the end of last season, but I, I like him better at right tackle than left tackle. Tight end, you have a lot of depth. It'll be interesting. Kim Baylor Cup. He is tall. He has soft hands. Can he develop that mentality to just go up and get it? Wide receiver, I mean, you're just absolutely stacked there. Dram Bradley, J.J. Sparkman, Fungi Brown on the outside, then Dre McRae, Miles Price, Xavier White, Brady Boyd, Nehemiah Martinez, Koi Eakin could be worked into the mix. At running back, I mean, no complaints. Taj Brooks was obviously going to be the number one. Cameron Valdez averaged over nine yards of carry. Yes, in limited action last year. But there is not much that worries me on this, offen- on this offense. There's no position group I really worry about. When you look at the defense on the defensive line, I mean, yes, you have Hutchings and Bradford coming back. You have Miles Cole with Joseph a data raid backing him up. I'm not worried about that. And then Steve Linton, who we hear great things about, and even Bryce Ramirez or Isaac Smith behind him. Can't really worry about that too much. Talking about the linebackers, though, and I think we're going to get some tests on the linebackers and how they do in passing coverage. Josiah Pierre is switching positions. Jacob Rodriguez flashed, but it was in limited snaps. It's going to be really interesting to see how those linebackers play. CJ Bakersfield, he's a guy, (laughs) we're about to find out a lot about him. He was at San Diego State last year. We're going to find out what what he has, and I think we'll see it early against Wyoming, and I'll explain why in just a second. But Safeties, I don't think there can be any concerns. Tyler Owens, y'all saw him in the Texas Bowl. He was absolutely everywhere. Uh, Daydron Taylor Demerson, the rabbit. I mean, that guy is an all Big 12 type of player right there. The only concern I have is cornerback. And you have some experience in Rayshad Williams, Braylon Lux, and Malik Dunlap. But behind them, 
Jalen Peoples, Marion Horn, and Cameron Watts, you do have a lot of talent. I mean, if you're trusting what Joey McGuire's brought in, you have a lot of talent. But you don't have experience. You don't have experience. And this is going to take me to previewing Wyoming a bit. So I looked up their quarterback. Um, I watched some some tape on him, Andrew Peasley. Uh, just so you all know about him, he, he is in his sixth year of school. He started his career from 2018 to 2021 at Utah State. 2022, he became Wyoming's starting quarterback. Wyoming was not a bad team last year. They were expected to be pretty bad. They were expected, I remember, to finish behind Colorado State in the Mountain Division. They ended up finishing third just behind Boise and Air Force. They got a huge win over Air Force, by the way, at home in a game that I watched the extended highlights to see what, what Peasley does. That was a huge win against a team that demolished CU two weeks before that. One week before that, sorry. They played on week zero. One week before that, Air Force demolished CU. And then the Air Force went on to beat Baylor pretty badly in Fort Worth in that bowl game. Now, I didn't focus on their defense too much, but one thing that I saw from their, well, a few things from my, that I saw from their quarterback. So just to break down his numbers last year, he was only 52.4% completion, 1,574 yards, 10 touchdowns, 9 interceptions. Not great. Not great at all. But what I saw in what I watched against Illinois in that first game and against Air Force in that game is, and this was extended highlights, so there may have been some deep shots down the field that I missed or that weren't in the highlight package. Probably nothing completed or else it would have been in the highlights. But I only saw, and this was only in the first half, I only saw him throw down the field more than 10 yards twice in the entire game against Air Force. Just twice. One of them, he threw it about 15 to 20 yards down the field. It was picked off uh, by the safety. He was going to the right side wide receiver wasn't even completely open with a cornerback and he just got picked off by the safety coming over the top there but the other one was a nice throw to the tight end on the left side from the snap was taken at the 14 caught it at the one really nice throw but those were the only two throws I saw down the field he did this a lot against both Illinois and Air Force last year he relies on the outs and the hitches and maybe he took some shots down the field that weren't in there that fell incomplete that would make sense that would correlate with his completion percentage. He's a career 52.8% completion guy. But this guy can move. Andrew Peasley, and this is why I think our linebackers are going to be tested. Because they like to do a lot of short passes. Our linebackers are going to have to be on that. Wyoming did do a good job at creating space in that game against Air Force last year. And we're going to have to see how quick they are because Andrew Peasley, he has, just going to rushing, the last four years, the last four years that he wasn't redshirted for, he obviously got the COVID year back, 2018 was a redshirt season. He has had a longest run between 59 and 62 yards, 59 yards against Stony Brook in 2019, 62 yards against New Mexico, both for touchdowns. The New Mexico one, he actually evaded a sack on and against Air Force, there was one play. He was about 10 yards behind the line of scrimmage, 
the pocket completely collapsed on him on third and 10. He, five different defenders got a hand to him. And he broke out of that. He got back to the line, picked up another yard, fourth and nine. But the next time he was in that position on third and 10, when the pocket collapsed on him, he took it up the middle and got the first down. He also is really good at the zone read or the read option. He really lives and dies off of that a lot. And when he's passing and gets outside the pocket, he can easily torch you for 10 or 15 yards just on his feet. So don't expect Wyoming to take many shots deep on Texas Tech. Expect them to use a lot of read option and expect Peasley to be pretty mobile in the pocket. Now, when you have Miles Cole and Steve Linton with Linton's frame coming at you off the edge, edge, will he be able to get that edge against Texas Tech? That's going to be a big question that our defense is going to have to answer because he's going to like to roll right a lot and odds are Steve Linton's going to be that guy on the right-hand side and he's the guy that he has to get by. So we're going to see, I think that we will see Steve Linton tested early and often containing him from getting out of the pocket. So one thing I noticed against Air Force is they really love to run the ball. They're not going to be a team that's going to air it out. And I I got on kind of a message board for Wyoming fans, and they said one thing their coach does in these games is he doesn't really play to win. He doesn't really take shots. This this was this is to be fair, fans' opinions. You know how message boards get, but they seem like they like to run out the clock. Keep it close. I Obviously, they're going to play to win. But they're not going to take crazy shots against them. Their offensive line is not overly experienced. Uh, from left to right, you have Frank Crum, a graduate senior. Res, Wes King, a redshirt freshman. At center, you have uh, Tulifano, who's a redshirt junior. Then on the right side, you have Jack Walsh and Caden Barnett, a couple of redshirt sophomores. So they are not overly experienced on the offensive line. Their running back is Jamari Farrell, who is a junior. He's a transfer from Saddleback Community College in California. I do not know a darn thing about community college football in California, but he's the guy they're going to be relying on, and their running backs were pretty good last year. Obviously, we'll see what they do this year, but... Man, I, I got to say, against that Hutchings-Bradford front with Miles Cole and Steve Linton, I, I do not see them moving the ball that well. I, I just don't. I think it's going to be reliant on breaking a couple runs. Maybe they take a shot downfield. They're going to try to create space for their receivers. That's something they actually did pretty good last game in the flats or the game I watched against Air Force. They were able to create space for their receivers. But... It's kind of tough looking more at Wyoming to see how they actually score on Texas Tech. Like, quite honestly, it is... The more I look at them, the more trouble I see having them having a good season. And DQ James is their backup running back, by the way. He missed spring practice. Last year, he had 40 carries for 346 yards with 8.6 average. He could easily be their starter. He's a good back, but that is in very limited capacity he's actually from lancaster texas he's only a sophomore i think dq james could be a guy to watch if you want to key in on people offensively for wyoming but man behind a pretty young o-line it's going to be difficult to see wyoming doing much 
It, it really is. So, uh, and I touched on it earlier, but some things that I want to see from Texas Tech this week, I really hope they do take some shots down the field. I like to see our corners tested. They're going to be tested down low. Um, but really just my concern, I want to see what Steve Linton does. I want to see how our linebackers come together, and I think they will be tested. What does Josiah Pierre, can he switch positions well? What does Jacob Rodriguez do when Ben Roberts or Tyreek Matthews gets into the game? How do they look? Safety-wise, I don't have too many questions between Tyler or Tyler Owens and Rabbit. I'm just hoping they get some shots at them and get some reps in before the Oregon game. But at corner, and I, I do want to see C.J. Bakersfield, but Ville, Bakersville, I may have said that wrong. But at corner, I want to see what the rotation is with Rayshaw Williams and Braylon Lux and Malik Dunlap. I want to see how much time Jalen Peters. And I'd like to see Marion Horn play some. He's a guy that interested me last year. I knew he probably wasn't going to be playing too much. But I, want, I do want to see what Marion Horn does this season. Special teams-wise, we had this last year where we struggled taking kicks out from the end zone. I really want to see that change a bit. And kicking-wise, look, you're breaking a new breaking in a new kicker with Gino Garcia. How does he look on that? How does Reese Burkhard, how long's his leg for the kickoffs? And then another thing, and this is a small thing. I hope that we honestly don't get to see anything from him, but Austin McNamara came in very highly touted a year ago. He had a kind of tough season. It wasn't a bad season by any means, to be clear, but it wasn't a great season for Austin McNamara. I want to see what he can produce this, if he can get off to a good start. Now, I hope that he doesn't actually ever touch the field. Well, I hope he does. I hope that it's like a we get a safety and he comes on to kick. But he's probably not going to get too many opportunities today. What can he do with that if he's in positions where he needs to pin the ball? How does he look? Can he just start a season off on the right foot? And now, finally, for some picks for around the Big 12 we actually have a game on Thursday night. Kent State at UCF. UCF is minus 36.5. I'm taking Kent State with the points. I don't think it's going to be particularly close. I see a four-touchdown game, not a five-plus touchdown game. Kansas and Missouri State play on Friday. No line on that one. Oklahoma opens with Arkansas State. Um, the over-under is 58.5. I... The spread is Oklahoma minus 35 and a half. I will say, I, I don't have any pick here, but I, I do want to see what Arkansas, or what OU's defense does. Because, I mean, we could see a lot from USC last week. Alex Grinch, do you all remember before Joey McGuire was a clear front, front runner, after... Jeff Trailer signed that contract extension at UTSA. There were reports coming out that Alex Grinch was in line to get the Texas Tech head coaching job. That son of a gun has the best agent in all of football because that, that dude stinks at his job. He stinks at his job. They got lit up defensively by San Jose State. I... I'm sorry, USC is not a playoff team. Not even close this year. TCU hosts CU. 
TCU is minus 20 and a half. I think CU is going to have some moments, but I think TCU covers that spread fairly easily. Northern Iowa at Iowa State. I don't know what the odds are on this game, but I got to say, if it was plus 300 or better for Northern Iowa, I'd, I'd take a flyer on Northern Iowa here. They're ranked number 20 in the FCS poll. They're always a good FCS program. They've given Iowa State some troubles. You have a lot of kids that were wishing they would would have been recruited by Iowa State. I wouldn't mind taking a flyer on Northern Iowa in that game. Texas hosts Rice. I, they're minus 35.5. I'd honestly take Texas and give the points there. Cincinnati hosts Eastern Kentucky. Kansas State hosts Southeast Missouri State. Oklahoma State hosts Ar- Central Arkansas. Nothing to watch there. Baylor is minus 27.5 hosting Texas State. I got to say, minus 27.5 is a great line. I am taking Baylor minus 27.5 all day there. Texas State, quite honestly, just stinks. And Blake Shapin's going to be under the gun with Sawyer Robinson breathing down his back. I think they're going to air it out a little bit more. Houston is plus 1.5 at home against UTSA. I like the Roadrunners in that one. This is a huge game for Dana Holgramson, by the way. A absolutely massive game. If they want to make a bowl game, they have to win this one. I think that UTSA, they could potentially be a New Year Six type of team if they win this game. And then Penn State is minus 20.5 against West Virginia. The over-under is 50.5. And, and this is confusing because Neil Brown loves to air the ball out. Loves to air it out. They are not built to air the ball out. They have a great offensive line. They have a quarterback who I do like, but is not one of the top 10 quarterbacks in even the Big 12. And they have C.J. Donaldson, one of the best running backs in the Big 12. If they run the ball, they definitely cover this spread. If they go ground and pound, they can definitely cover the spread. I just don't know if Neil Brown will do that, which is why I'm not even going to touch that game. Uh, BYU minus 19.5 against Sam Houston State. I think BYU with the points at home. But most importantly, Texas Tech going to Wyoming. Right now, they are minus 14. Over under is 50.5. I think Texas Tech probably gives up 10 points, puts up about 38 of their own. I think it's going to be slight under, but quite honestly, the more I look at Wyoming, and they weren't a bad football team last year. But they're replacing a lot of their O-line. They have a young O-line. They have a new starting running back. Their starting quarterback isn't that great of a passer. I I just do not see Texas Tech not covering this spread against Wyoming. But that's going to do it for this one. We're going to have a recap early next week and a preview of a massive, massive game against Oregon coming up next week. If you will, take a few seconds to, uh, to subscribe. Our, sorry, subscribe, give this podcast a five-star rating, share it with any friends, and boy, we are just a few days away from Texas Tech, going to Wyoming, can't wait for that one, and we will have a podcast coming out Monday morning, recapping that game, and then one a little bit after that, previewing the big matchup with Oregon.